everybody, welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and this is episode 129 of the show. You can tweet me at Teal, T-E-A-L Productions. You can also find me on Teal Productions and Lords of Order pages on Facebook. The Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com is the email address to use if you want to email the show. BigTimeNoise.com slash Dr. Fate is the website. And we have forums at justanotherfanboy.freeforums.net. Today I'm looking at Justice League of America, the first volume, 1960 volume, issue number 74, cover dated September 1969, on sale July 24th, 1969, and the story is entitled Where Death Fears to Tread. Now this is scripted for us by Mr. Denny O'Neill, penciled by Dick Dillon, the inks and letters are by Sid Green, and the cover is from none other than Mr. Neil Adams. Neil Adams. Now, this is the second part of our eh, quasi-yearly team-up between the JSA and the JLA. Issue 73, I talked about in the last episode, episode 128, for those of you that may not have caught that. So we continue on. This cover shows Hawkman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Batman, and Dr. Fate. Now, Green, one Green Lantern and Wonder Woman, Dr. Fate, are from Earth 2. Batman, the Green Lantern, and Hawkman are from Earth 1. But they are both cheering on a fight between the Superman of Earth, the, the Superman of Earth 1 and the Superman of Earth 2. And you know, one is getting the better of the other here, and I can't tell which is which. And because they have the characters on the cover kind of mixed, some are cheering and some are jeering, but you can't tell which is which, and so I can't tell by the crowd reaction which Superman is which. And Unfortunately, I don't have enough knowledge looking at this to know which Superman is which. And maybe we're not supposed to. I don't know. Someone out there can um, let me know when you hear this. Um, I suppose I could do some research and try to figure it out. But eh, it didn't seem pertinent to what Dr. Fate is doing in the story. Now, we're told by the narrator that trapped in a world that no longer exists... Such is the fearsome fate of Earth 2's gallant band of heroes, the Justice Society. Rehash, for those of you that didn't listen to last episode. It began when Starman battled with a strange creature in the sky above his astronomical observatory and lost. The creature, Aquarius, wrested from him the cosmic rod and used it to greatly magnify his natural, physical, and magical powers. Even the massed might of Starman's companions could not best the maniacal alien. Finally, Aquarius hurled the entire Earth into a spirit dimension. At the last possible instant, Dr. Fate enclosed the Justice Society in a mystical sphere, saving them for the time being. Huddled within the pulsing ball of eldritch energy, they heard Aquarius gloat. The Earth now exists only within your memories. When you perish, all perishes. And perish you shall, puny mortals cannot. And perish you shall, puny mortals cannot long withstand my assault. And so now we are two weeks later, and Dr. Fate is starting to uh, suffer a bit. Um, he's maintained the sphere, kept his friends alive without food and water, so things are 
looking kind of bleak. We know that Red Tornado went to Earth-1 to get some help, but they haven't arrived yet because they, um, well, just to put it nicely, the uh, JLA of Earth-1 kind of jerked Red Tornado around, and he didn't get the chance for two weeks to tell him what was going on. So he finally did, and they are journeying. Uh, Red Tornado, Superman, Green Lantern, Hawkman, Adam, Batman, Flash, and Green Arrow. On the journey, they pass uh, an opening into the negative universe that Green Lantern uh, thinks about. Tells us that when positive matter from our universe as much as touches negative matter, it causes an explosion that makes an H-bomb look like a firecracker. Hmm. Foreboding. They're getting close to the uh, portal in between universes, and they cross over and surprise Aquarius because he thought the only human beings left were the JSA members that were in Dr. Fate's bubble. But he decides that he needs to leave uh, and take the measure of these humans now arriving. And on the way, he leaves a, let's see, what does he call it? Um, A mesmeric command, kind of like a subliminal command for those JSA members who are Green Lantern, Black Canary, Larry Lance, Dr. Midnight, Dr. Fate, Wonder Woman, and the Earth 2 Superman. Finally, Dr. Fate succumbs to his his tiredness and the, the bubble fades. And when it does, when it finally opens, we have a panel here that we see all of these Earth 2 folks overcome by the message, destroy the intruders, they are your enemies. And so Earth-1 Superman comes up, he's, he's in the lead, and, and the first to make contact, makes contact with his Earth-2 counterpart, and a fisticuff immediately ensues between the two of them, takes up the whole page. We then see everybody kind of squaring off, Batman and Dr. Midnight, Larry and Dinah Lance and Green Arrow, Hawkman and Wonder Woman, Green Lanterns, Flash, and mm, I don't know who would be left. Dr. Fate? Is that Dr. Fate? Yeah, I guess so. The helmet was kind of throwing me. Flash and Dr. Fate. Uh, with Red Tornado kind of just being a bystander. So we cut back to Superman's battle briefly, but then uh, we focus on Dr. Midnight and Batman. Batman thinking that he and Dr. Midnight have always been fairly evenly matched and that they're just regular people and they're brainy and good detectives. So he thinks he has the upper hand. Dr. Midnight uses a Night bomb, a a darkness bomb, a whatever he calls it. But as he's throwing that, let's see if Batman says it here, blackout bomb. There we go. Sorry, guys. My memory is just not, not good, even though I just sat and read this book over lunch today. A blackout bomb, uh, Batman dons some infrared goggles, though. And so when Midnight presses the attack, Batman is able to defeat him. Dr. Fate is trying to zap Flash, but he is aiming after Flash because Flash is running. The Atom jumps in, shrinks down, and goes into Dr. Fate's nose, suddenly stung by sharp pain, which I, I don't know what this is. It, it, actually, he doesn't go in Fate's nose. He lands on it. Um, I didn't know the Atom had any kind of energy shooty-outy powers. I, I didn't know he could exude any kind of energy, so I don't know what that is. But he does that, and the Juju that Fate was casting at uh, the Flash misfires, 
and hits Wonder Woman's lasso as she is facing off against Hawkman and inadvertently ties her up. Distracted by what the Atom did, the uh, Dr. Fate falls victim to a flash punch and knocks him out. We then cut back to Superman, who both collapse after their battle. We have Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, uh, that is Earth 1, defeating Alan Scott, Green Lantern, Earth 2, and then turning and going after Aquarius. So the Earth 2 Green Lantern um, ran out of juice. He hasn't powered up in a while. So he's pretty easily defeated, allowing um, Hal Jordan to go after Aquarius. Green Arrow uh, decides that he's going to hit Black Canary with what he calls a stickum shaft. It releases some uh, gooey resin. Uh, looks like pine tar to me, but he says it's a, a plastic polymer. Rains down gossamer strands of a specially treated plastic. And then he says, the molecules of the plastic contract upon contact. And Black Canary is caught like a fly in molasses. So she's laying there. Green Arrow's going up to whatever, I guess, check on her. Larry Lance comes up behind him and gives him the big zock on the back of the head, knocking him out. Uh, Green Lantern finds Aquarius, but Aquarius juices back with a a big, robust ball of yellow energy, which, of course, Green Lantern can't do anything about. And instead of moving toward Green Lantern, the macabre, the macabre, excuse me, multi-hued sphere veers toward the first human in its path. Black Canary struggles against her bonds, helpless, watching death wobble closer. And closer nearby, Larry Lance senses danger and pauses in his mesmerized murderous mission. Much alliteration there. Dinah, in trouble. For a moment, his love struggles with Aquarius's hypnotic command. Dinah, my darling, Dinah! Suddenly he turns and runs. I'm coming, Dinah! Runs and leaps desperately and um, shields his beloved with his own body, takes the full force of the terrible sphere, and then the very brave, very good Larry Lance dies. That's an important scene there, actually. Several, let's see, several pages of ads come up next. Sorry to break the tension there, but that's the way they have it. We have an issue of Showcase here for September starring Fire Hair that's advertised on sale July 24th. You can get Top Hit Records for 75 cents a piece. All labels. Oldies and goodies. 45s. 30 songs. 30 sides. First come, first serve. From the Young America Record Club. Send my 15 record set of oldies and goodies free. Enroll me in Young America Record Club. My dollar membership due is enclosed. Wow. Mailroom with letters submitted by, let's see what our list is. Guy Lillian III, Joe Arul Clement Ross, Gary Skinner, and Leon Dornbaum. So those are letter hacks, this issue. Who is Lois Lane? As we advertise Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, number 95, featuring the strange lives of Lois Lane. One, two, three, four, five, six different stories, it looks like. And then in the bottom uh, half of that page, we have an ad for A New Giant is Born, Giant Summer Fun, Sugar and Spike, number 85, who fairly recently uh, were brought back as completely different than the humor comic they originally were. Now, we reflect back. Poor Larry Lance. Narrator tells us a mere minute has passed. A scant 60 seconds. 
Yet within that tiny time span, a world has been saved. The energy released when the sphere burst sundered Aquarius's hypnotic order. The Justice Society members recover, and the Earth, which had existed only in their memories, shimmers into physical reality. Uh, yada, 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 yada. Sixty seconds, a large world is saved, and a small world, a private world of love and devotion, ends forever. As Dinah realizes what has happened to Larry, sees goes over, and crumbles atop him crying. The two green lanterns decide that they are going to recharge, and they both finish a partial oath, and I shall shed my light over dark evil, for the dark things cannot stand the light of green lantern. Actually, that is um, Alan Scott's oath, but he and Hal Jordan both finish it. They, uh, Superman uh, eulogizes Larry, buries Dinah, then Aquarius appears, mocking them. Puny mortals amusing. You think life is so valuable. You give me great mirth. And Dinah just goes the F off. Again, to be all ages. I won't define that. We have an ad here for Sea Monkeys, which I had some when I was a kid. And another ad for Palisade Park in New Jersey. Half a mile south of the George Washington Bridge, we're told. So Aquarius takes off and... Uh, in full pursuit is everyone but Wonder Woman, Black Canary, and Red Tornado. So they go after, they're, they're zooming, um, and Dr. Fate, though, tells them that mm, things are a little bit more dire than you think. If we allow Aquarius to bring magic from this universe to yours, which is from Earth 1, or Earth 2 to Earth 1, the balance of cosmic forces will be upset. He could rend the fabric of existence. All humanity could perish in a final spasm of hideous insanity. I would suggest all of uh, all of everything. He's through the cosmic gate into the corridor between the universes. We have only minutes left to catch him, a Superman says. And as they're going, they suddenly hit a wall of uncanny, see, an uncanny dense wall of cosmic ether that Aquarius has set up to try to stop them. Well, the Green Lanterns are able to break through, but they don't stop and take the time to help the others through. It's just the two of them. They leave everyone else on the other side of the barrier. So they decide what they're going to do is get Aquarius's attention, and they're going to try to uh, trap him, trick him and trap him. So they start running around with big megaphones of Green Lanterns will, Green will light. Talking crap. Aquarius, ugly, stupid Aquarius, surely you do not imagine we're really frightened of a blunderer like yourself, shouts Alan Scott. Show yourself, coward! And Aquarius turns in his flight. How dare they? I should not tolerate this insolence. Silence us, Hal says. We defy you, Alan says. So now he comes after them. And they turn, and rather than going back to Earth 2, because it's blocked by that barrier, they can't go through the corridor to Earth 1 because they don't want Aquarius there. Hal Jordan says, hey, let's take him over here. And they go towards the opening into the negative universe that Hal Jordan noticed at the beginning of the issue. So they flee there. And of course, it's cool when they go there, colors reverse, right? So our space is black with light dots. The negative energy universe is white with black dots denoting star matter, you know, whatever matter you're wanting to talk about. So they run in there, and immediately they're attacked by the antimatter. Uh, it's attracted to them. They hope that their Green Lantern aura, Nimbus of Power, will 
deflect everything, and it indeed does so far. Aquarius uh, flies through the rupture, and no sooner uh, does he do that that he realizes that he made a mistake because all of the non-attached matter starts being attracted to him, just like it was to two Green Lanterns. Aquarius is much bigger, so he starts sucking up all the matter, really. And it starts getting closer and closer and amassing and amassing, and he, he tries to turn to go back out, but he sees that it's blocked, so he turns to try to flee further into the negative universe and explodes when his positive matter body touches a negative matter particle, just a single particle, much less all of these different dust motes and bodies and meteors and you know all that stuff that was attracted to him. A final silent explosion shakes the cosmos and Aquarius vanishes in a searing blaze of brilliance. Too numb to speak, the Green Lanterns free their friends and the groups gather again at Ted Knight's estate. There's nothing we can do, nothing we can do to express our gratitude, Wonder Woman says. Superman says, no gratitude called for. We did what had to be done. As your Green Lantern said, we exist to combat evil. And they're talking and talking and talking. And finally, over here in the corner, we see, wait, please wait. Black Canary comes up and says, I can't bear to go on living in this world. It's too full of memories, too full of Larry. I'd like to come with you, if I may. She speaks to the Earth One Superman. Meanwhile, in the background, Green Lantern has gathered up Flash, Hawkman, Adam, Batman, and Green Arrow in his green light and is flying off. Superman responds, of course, come and welcome to Earth One. Narrator tells us, thus, a lovely woman seeks to soothe her torment in another place. The end. I'll get back to that. And add new Matchbox models of the month. The Ford Kennel Truck and the Field Car. Field Car is model number 18 for 55 cents. And model number 50, the Ford Kennel Truck, is also available for 55 cents. Next, we have a page of the little plastic soldiers again. The Knights and the Civil War. Place sets. Famous name prizes or cash from Olympic. Free sample cards earn a dollar a box. And you can sell something, sell greeting cards. Yeah. And then for, uh, you can trade in the amount of cards that you've sold for these different prizes. Free book tells you how to build a rugged body. Command respect and admiration. Fear no man is the next ad. Gain 60 pounds of muscle. Lose 30 pounds of dangerous fat. This amazing new book in colors, yours free if you mail coupon now from the American Body Building Club of Lynbrook, New York. Then on the back cover is another of the Hot Wheels track with the automatic pushers that push the car down the track ad. So uh, this is the story wherein Larry Lance dies. Very important moment. This is the story where Black Canary goes from Earth 2 to Earth 1. Very important moment, because her husband died. Now, right here, retconned, something funky happens between Dinah and her daughter, I believe it is. See what it says here. Uh, No, maybe it says it over here. Black Canary dies and is replaced by her daughter as revealed in flashback, retconned, in Justice League of America 220. So I haven't read that yet, and uh, now I have. So it was Justice League of America issue 220. It was another JLA-JSA team-up. Um, not one that I'm likely to read as part of the show, because Dr. Fate does not show 
up one iota in it, but we do see that starting with the journey uh, from the from Earth two to Earth one with Superman carrying Black Canary, uh, shenanigans ensue, and it is the explanation for why when Black Canary gets to Earth One, she suddenly has those sonic voice powers that Black Canary is known to have moving forward. So, issue two twenty of the Justice League of America book explains that. And boy, what a kind of convoluted mess, but kind of not, kind of eloquent, kind of not. It wow, very, very, very confusing. And so, a very pivotal issue that I I wasn't aware that it was going to be. Uh, between with in, involving Larry and Dinah, so it's kind of cool that I finally got to read that, read that, read that, that I finally read that, and so with all of that confusion and all of that everything else that I have said and that remains unsaid, next issue is Justice League of America issue eighty-two, the next JLA JSA team up. That's what I will be looking at for episode one hundred and thirty of the show. Talk to you guys then. Ciao.